Christ. Let me ask you guys some questions. Let's start off with this. Albert, can you get that door if you don't mind when you get a chance? Um, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Philippians 4, but I have almost, I have pretty much the whole chapter written right on that um, page for you. Um, when we talk about, uh, okay, when feeling anxious or when struggling with worry, um, I'm trying to think of the way to say this. The, okay, so let's just say that um, you've got people who say, have you ever heard someone say something like this? Um, Watch us see our catchphrase. Is it going to work? <laughs> um, I want peace. I need peace uh, before I do something. I just don't have peace about it. Yeah. Um, that's the what I was looking for. I was trying to, couldn't pull it out. I don't have uh, peace about it. So, so you say. Sorry, just scared it. Yeah. I have you ever heard somebody say that? I, don't have a, I just don't have a peace about this. Um, and so they don't do something. You said I've. I mean, yeah. I'm scared. I ain't afraid. Fear and uh, might be at the root of this. So you don't want to. There's a really tough decision you have to make. And rather than making the tough decision, you fall back on, well, I don't feel right. What's the problem um, with, this, with, this, with this phrase? Is that you've got feelings I do. leading or giving orders to your actions. Right? Think about it. I mean, when you say I don't have peace about it, what, what does that mean? When you say I don't have peace about it, what does that mean to you? It means you're unsettled about it and you're scared. Okay. So, so you're scared? You're unsettled? Um, what, else might, what else might you feel? Uh, ill-equipped. Yeah. Uh, what would be you? Um, unprepared. I would say un- unprepared. That's... Ill-equipped, unprepared. It's the same basic thing. I like ill-equipped. Yeah, that was a good... I'll put them both in there. Ill, <laughs> ill-equipped Ill and unprepared. You can be angry about something and not want to do it. So okay. Unwilling. What's that last word you say? Unwilling. Just unwilling. So, um, here, here, here's a great example. You need to break up your boyfriend. Break up your girlfriend. Um, Let me get one and I'll do that. Um, you know they're bad for you. You know this relationship's bad, and uh, but you don't have a peace about it. You don't feel good about it. Problem is, is that your feelings, your peace, that you're you're putting this idea of peace as you're saying, well, peace obviously comes from God, right? Does peace come from God or does it not? Peace. Absolutely. So if I don't have a peace about something, then uh, obviously God is telling me not to do something about it. What's wrong with that? We'll find out. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not asking you to answer perfectly. I'm just saying, I want you to think about these things. Because we tend to use, I mean, I've heard Christians use this phrase as, as long as I've been alive. Christians. What, did I say Christian? I said, no, I said it's Christianese. It's Christian talk for I, I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable doing something. I don't have a peace about it. Um, what, where, where does worry come from? Let's talk about that. 
Okay, it comes from doubt. I feel like it's part of human nature. Fear. Some fear. It's just human nature. Okay. Where else? Where else does uh, does worry come from? Lack of control. Okay, good. No control. Do you ever worry about things that happened in the past? Mm-hmm. In what way? Um, worried about repeating your mistakes. Okay, but you're worried that if you had done it differently, if something else would have worked out. Correct. So you're worried about things in the past only to the extent that they affect your future. Mm-hmm. Right? So worry always has a future focus. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. So you're worried about who you're going to marry. You're worried about how you're... What's going to happen to your mom and dad? What's going to happen with this relationship? You're going to worry about your grades or whatever. And it all has to do with the future. Okay, Fear for the future. No control over the future. And, and worry um, is, is, is dangerous. Uh, worry doesn't really affect the future, but you, you still worry about it. You still allow yourself to do that. Let's keep going. Um, Let's look at these verses and let's read them together. I'm going to do the same thing we did last week. I have the verses up here on the screen. And uh, who can take this first couple verses for us? And um, these words, these names here are Yodia and Syntyche. Thank you. So I'm going to give you that ahead of time. I got you. You want to try it? Okay, go ahead. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge... Yodia. Yodia, dang it. And I urge Syntyche okay. to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement, mm-hmm. also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Okay. A little bit more here. Who would like to read these? Jenna? Sure. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, keep going. All the way through. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, there's any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Okay. Uh, next. Anybody want to read that? Albert? Start verse 10. Yeah. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lack opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. Okay, we're going to skip the last part of this chapter because it isn't as pertinent to our discussion. But I want to get into the questions that we have here. What we're going to do is we're going to do the same thing we did last week when it comes to how we take this passage apart and how we understand what it says. We're going to first talk about observation. That's what it says. We're going to ask the questions who, what, when, where, why, and how, basically. 
working through what's going on. We're going to do some interpretation, what it means. If you remember, I had a little thing here where we talk about what it meant then, what it means forever, and then what it means to me today. And that's kind of what we're doing here. So um, application, what it means for me. How can I carry this truth into my life this week? What does this change about my thinking or behavior? Okay, so that's kind of where we are. First, we've got observation. Um, First question. We're going to first list the commands or the imperatives in these verses, especially verses 4 through 9. We're going to highlight the positives in one color and the negatives in the other. And if you don't have colors, use shades. So this is just, we're just going to walk through this together and see what we come up with, okay? And I bet you will really appreciate this. So we're going this this slide here. Let's do this together. You all know what an imperative is? Remember English class? What's an imperative? Command. A command. So we're looking for commands. So we're going to use red for commands since... Red means stop. That's a command. So, what commands do you see? That's just a random reason. I don't know. It doesn't I don't matter. Like your logic either. My logic is, is you can't infa- yeah, infallible. Absolutely. Uh, was, what's that? Okay, rejoice. Why did we not do one or two? Because this is where we're focusing. We're gonna. There are little lines there on your sheet. Okay. We're fo- we, we can. We could do the whole thing. No, you did. But the truth is, uh, we don't have enough time. So we're going to focus on what I believe is the most pertinent uh, so section. I'm going to do squares like this. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Do we have more pens in our thing, huh? Should. Yes, there is. Uh, there's a box. I'm sorry. Oh, there's a box here. You got it? Okay. Uh, you see another one, Jacob? Or anybody? He says it again. <laughs> he says it again. He even tells you he's saying it again. Uh, rejoice. What does the word rejoice mean? Uh, Be, glad. Yeah. Be happy. Be glad. Read, have joy. Yeah, have joy. Again. Um, you got another one? Yeah. Whenever you see the word let, this is um, this is a command. It's a way of doing a command. Um and really, it's let it let your general spirit be known. It's a passive command. Um, so, be anxious for nothing. Uh, good. Be anxious. Oh, is this a negative one? Oh, this is a negative one, isn't it? Because we have the we have so the. You know, it's do not be anxious. Right. So we're gonna use green. And circle. And I'm gonna circle it. <laughs> Actually, no. I'm just gonna underline it. How's that? Are you, gonna cir- are you already circling it? Yeah. We'll circle it. doesn't matter. Boxes and circles aren't that, aren't that different. That's the only thing I'm looking at. Um, so be anxious for nothing. What um, else do you see? What's your request? Yeah. Let what? Your request. Be known. Be known, right? Yes. Be made known, it says here. Okay. Anything else? Um, dwell. Verse 8. All the way down to verse 8. We have dwell or think or meditate. Ponder. Okay. Um, Any more? No. Practice. Oh, yeah. Darn. The word practice means do. It means uh, actively do something. Good. Um... Next, you're supposed to list any truth statements. Um, and what we're doing with the truth statements 
is uh, uh, you know a truth statement is not a command. It's basically a statement of fact, a statement that, and we're going to try to find the connection between truth statements and the imperatives. So, what do you see as far as truth statements are concerned? <clears throat> The Lord is near. So here's our first one. Um, let's just, I'm just going to put um, like this. Parenthesis? Yeah. The Lord is near. Okay. Anything else? Um, the peace of God will guard your heart. Yeah. I think basically, like Albert said, all of verse 7, peace of God, and then it describes peace of God will guard your heart and your minds. Mm-hmm. Okay? Anything else? Where's my story? The things you have learned, received, heard, and seen. Okay. Well, maybe not. I don't think that really is. Well, it is. The God of peace will be with you. Okay, there we go. That's the last one, I think. The God of peace, that's a statement of fact. The God of peace will be with you. Okay? So what any connections you see between um, the imperatives and the truth statements? Let's start with these first ones here, the first truth statements. Since there are only three of them, let's see if we can find any, any connection. What do you think of this? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Why would he say the Lord is near there? You mean how are those connected? Or, or is it connected to the next verse? The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. to the next one. Okay. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then the pe- Okay, see, I don't know now. What do you think? Because now I feel like seven is connected. They both can be connected. It's, I mean, he's writing. It's all connected. Okay. Well, don't, don't. You can just forget that that number is there because Paul didn't write six. <laughs> be anxious for. He, he actually just wrote. And people later, when they when compi- when they put the books in the Bible, put the numbers in there to help us find things. And sometimes they chose poorly. Sometimes the the numbers are in bizarre places. Let me get you started. It says, I, 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 see, I see a clean break. So let your be named all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. Okay. So what does the Lord being near have to do with being anxious for nothing? It can comfort you because the Lord's your comforter. Okay. Good. That's not what you're looking for. Well, you're explaining. Let me get let me get you started. Okay, I think this is the reason for this command. I, I would see that as a reason. The Lord is near. Therefore, since the Lord is near, be anxious for nothing. It's your reason. Mm-hmm. You, do you need a reason not to be anxious? The Lord is near. Um. You ever been in a really dangerous part of town? And. Uh, you would be really nervous, except you got a bruiser next to you. you got somebody who can protect you. You're not worried anymore. You got you got Jacob Timms in your car. Yeah. May, May. <laughs> 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 okay, you're good. <laughs> um, I'll tell you where not to go. <laughs> uh, I think the Lord being near you is kind of the reason, or you can say the motivation for the command. It's kind of the, the background for the command. It's, I, I think a reason is a fine word. Um, so he says, be anxious for nothing. This is key here. Watch this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
what are those are these commands here connected to this truth in, in chapter seven and verse seven? And I think this will really start to turn on some blind bulbs. Think about it. What do you see? It's telling you peace comes from God. Right. What about? You're absolutely right. What, what does this tell you? In addition to it's a result. Yeah. So Jenna says it's a result. Let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts. Um, when you're anxious, what are you looking for? Peace. Peace and comfort. If you're anxious, if you're feeling like uh, worried, it would be really nice to have some peace from God. How do you get that peace from God? So if this is the reason, I would say this would be like the result. What did you say, honey? Did you say result? I actually don't remember what word I used. You said result. You said result? I don't even know. I think result is fine because what's going on here, everything, so how do you, be anxious for nothing basically means don't ever be anxious. Don't be worried. So if God says don't be worried, when you're worried, what are you doing? Not following God's also known as sinning or disobedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you, to worry is sin. And that kind of takes it to, because we, we justify worrying all the time. We're like, oh, if we say, oh, I'm so worried about such and such, nobody's like, repent, you evil sinner. <laughs> Are you right? Hey, I'm doing that to everybody in bed now. Anybody says, hey, I'm really worried about such and such. Repent. Repent. Because, because repent, because because anxious, being anxious or worried, really, what is it saying? What is it? What is it? What is being anxious communicating? About that you don't trust God. Yeah, it's saying, look, I, I don't. Because anxious, anxiety is all about the future. And who holds the future? Yeah. Not you. God spoiler does. Alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, yeah. I'm, uh, this this is just observation that I've made. I've, I think I've been looking at that verse though completely wrong for a while. Was, now that I put the Lord is near with verse 6, be anxious for nothing. I used to think, say, when you're praying to God, be thankful that he's going to answer your prayers. But now look what it, what it is. Be thankful. by say, say, Supplicate. Prayer supplication or asking. Yeah. With thanksgiving, yeah. let your request. It's almost like Paul said, be thankful that the Lord is near. Don't be anxious, but you can pray and he hears. It's not so much what he's going to do. But just the fact that you have the, the audience of you have God. His ear. You have his ear that he, he's going to hear it. Sure, he's going to answer it. It may not be what you want to hear. But just a heart of thanksgiving that the fact that he is so intimate with you, he just thinking that you're, you're you've talked to people, be looking them in the face, and they, and they have no clue what you just said. Yeah. All the time. So there's their minds somewhere. But with God, his, his attention he, he is ever, always at our, at our, at our I want to say, best and call. So though. God being near in prayer is huge. He said, "He says, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything." And, and he says, "By prayer and su- I'm going to put brackets here with thanksgiving. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. What's the last thing you want to do when you're worried? Give thanks. What do you What do you want to do when you're worried? Complain. Do you not? I mean, I do. I have a question. You know what I'm saying? Yes. What is supplication? Supplication is asking things of God. Okay. Supply. Uh, it's related to the word supply. Yeah. See, I saw that, but I wasn't, I just... It, Prayer has more of an idea of worship, uh, I believe, and supplication has more of an idea of requesting God to supply your need. 
Um, with thanksgiving, you say it one more time? Yes. Prayer has more than the idea of worship. Prayer, okay, got it. Prayer is the word uh, proskuneo, which means to bow down, to bow yourself. That's yeah. Greek. It's Greek, yeah. In the same vein that you're going with talking about how the last thing you want to do is be thankful, I think also the last thing we want to do is talk to somebody we can't see rather than talk to somebody we can't see who will yeah. agree with us and listen and because we like to complain. It feeds, into, it feeds into the worry, really, a lot of times when we voice it and are able to have someone agree with us, validate our worries. So, just kind of wrap up this section here. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. How? Why is the peace of God described that way? And what does the peace of God do? You can really, I think he says that. I mean, for me, when those times when when you know God's working, He's answering prayer, He's He's doing His thing. Yeah. It, I I can't find a word to describe it. That you just you, there's just a comfort when you know that you're in God's will. He's in complete control. That it just surpasses your ability to comprehend what's going on. But you just know everything's right. Yeah. In the Greek, this means to blow your mind. <laughs> uh, Really, it means it means to just it means to be beyond your ability to understand it. So God's if you're saying, I don't understand how this is gonna help, how will praying help me through this? That's the point. Is that it it's not something you can sit down and, and think through and logically it's that God will do far more than you can imagine and it will be beyond your thinking, beyond your comprehension. Yeah. I always think of it too, and maybe this is wrong, but I think of it as from a testimonies perspective, you know, anyone else looking at it, not just unsafe, but it doesn't make sense. Right. You, I've seen people who have gone through trials that I, I, if I were in their shoes, I think I would be hysterical or I would be falling apart. I'd be admitted somewhere, but they have this peace and they have this strength that doesn't, really does not make sense at all in their situation that people can forgive. Oh. When someone has, yeah. you know, intentionally harmed them, public, you know, like crimes have been committed, and right. that just it doesn't it doesn't make sense. But only God can can bring that kind of peace. So this beyond your understanding peace, this peace which is beyond all comprehension. What does it do? What does it actually accomplish? What does it do? It does something. So the guardian. It yeah. So what is the biggest struggle you have? You ever worried, been so worried that you can't stop thinking about something? Your mind just keeps going and going and going, and you just can't get out of your mind no matter what you can think. It's just like if you get something in your mind, and you start worrying about it, and you can't get it out of your mind, and then you get restless, and you're like, I just can't, I can't live life right now because everything, all, everywhere I turn, all I think about is this thing, this, this scenario, this problem, this danger, or whatever it is. I've talked to people who've had crippling worry crippling worry I've also uh, heard of people, I've read books uh, where people have written stories about their own lives where one person talked about they were so worried they were going to get in a car wreck they never drove they stayed home because all they could envision was being hit by a car and that paralyzed them fear is a very paralyzing thing, worry is a very paralyzing thing and God says don't be anxious and the person who has that fear says well that's easy for you to say but how am I supposed to do anything? He says that's okay Pray and submit to me, 
and God's peace, which you won't be able to understand, will be the one to guard your heart. Your heart that feels like it's out of control will be kept and guarded by God. God promises that if you give it to him. And you won't understand it. It will be beyond your comprehension. And then he talks about the mind here. So let's look at what he describes here. Um, look, finally, brethren, whatever is true. Now, what is this? Now, this might seem like it's redundant. But what, do I, what does he mean by whatever is true? When you're in a situation like I explained, when you have somebody who's struggling with fear and they're imagining all these things, what kind of truth could you tell them? Like the car wreck thing. What would you tell somebody, Maddie, who came to you? Do you know what you'd say? Um, I know people always tell me that, well, no, that's the, that's the exact opposite of what you want to hear. See, whenever, <laughs> whenever people find out about my completely illogical fear of planes and boats. Oh, okay. They're like, well, you're, like, you're more likely to die so, much more, so much more likely to die in a car wreck. You're going to die in a car wreck 250 to 1, whereas it's like 1 is several thousand. So is that... So if someone were to say to you, Maddie, don't be afraid of going on a plane. You're much more likely to die in a car than on a plane. Is that truth? Oh, sure. I mean, what if you're on that plane that goes down? I mean, see, look, you know? I'm not getting on a plane. You see my point? That's why I'm not getting on a plane. Jenna? Someone throw this out, and maybe this is like... Totally. But I think the Bible's definition of truth, where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, truth is anything that has to do with God because it's absolutely unchanging for eternity. But our idea of truth normally is associated with fact, but that doesn't seem like what the Bible necessarily means is true. Because I think that could be, I think there's a difference between truth and reality. Okay. What is the Greek word right here mean? <laughs> <laughs> it means true. That is zero help. Is it the same not, word for true as well, Jesus is true? Yeah. Or is it yeah. Different word? No, it's the same, same word, yeah. Okay. It so just means true. It just means what is what it, in accordance with, with reality. I hate to say that, honey, but... So, in other it's, words... Well, here, here's what I'm getting. Here's where I'm going. It's, it's what... And I think this will help. Tell me if this doesn't help. This might not. If I were to explain to Maddie um, or someone who has a fear of fl- flying and saying, look, you're much more likely to die in a car wreck. They're very safe on a plane. 99% chance you'll get there. You should trust. What are you telling them to trust? Trust in the trust odds. Pilot or- trust in the odds, right? Trust in the odds. Where my, where the correct, if you're saying whatever is true, you know what's true? God loves you. He has a plan for you and he will let you die when it's your time to die. If it's your time to die on that plane in a fireball above the, Amer- above, the, above the Atlantic Ocean, then it's your time to go. That's truth. Hockey, I'm glad I didn't get in Ireland because I wouldn't go now. <laughs> no, but think, but see, if you have that and you truly believe that, then it doesn't matter if you're in bed at home, God can take you and your heart can stop beating just like that. God can just choose you. You know, you're, you're gone tonight. You know, God can say, you know, you choke on a on a uh, pretzel like George W. Bush did and almost die. And you know, and you remember that story? You probably don't. You know, too young. But um, you can you can get you can be a victim of all kinds of crimes and things. But the, the choice is to live life by the odds or to live life in the light of truth, which is saying God is in control. He'll have me, and He'll be done with me when He's done with me. But until then, I'm going to be obedient and do what I need to do. That doesn't mean go be stupid. It doesn't mean I'm going to go run out in front of a car. YOLO. (laughs) 
But there is there is a degree to which I think we have done disservice people by saying things like that. Like, well, you're much more likely to die in a car wreck. Well, so then you're telling them to trust the odds. Don't. God loves you, and He will care for you, and He will take care of you. If He wants you to get there, He'll get there. You have nothing to fear. Have you prayed about it? Because <laughs> it's peaceful. Okay, whatever is honorable, we know what that is. That which is, should be held up in high esteem, not that which is degrading. Whatever is right versus wrong. Whatever is pure versus impure, or, or um, something that can cause uh, disgrace or impurities, or uh, I don't know, better word for that. Whatever is lovely versus whatever is ugly. Whatever is of good repute, has a good a reputation. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, what are we supposed to do with all of this? Dwell on it. Think about it. So what do we normally think about when we worry? All that could go wrong. All that, what if my pilot hadn't had enough sleep? Dude, uh-uh. stop it. I need a new example. What? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just such a great example. Um, Worry about uh, car. The car thing was a, was one that came up in. I need to go to Walmart after this. <laughs> but you can't. You can't only control so much about life, and you can either embrace it and say, "I'm going to live life and let God can, God be in control and just and just live life and trust Him," or you can be a nervous wreck. And and neither either way, you're not going to control what happens in the end. God is in control. By worrying about that drunk driver, does that change anything? I still need to go to Walmart. <laughs> um, no, this is this is a remedy for what we need to dwell on. Don't dwell on the unknown. Don't dwell on the things you can't control. Dwell on whatever is true, honorable, right. So when you're thinking about something, ask yourself: Is this true? Is this in accordance with God's truth? Okay. Is this is this right? Is this pure? These impure thoughts. Uh, and then the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. What? Practice. Do. So practice. The next thing you're supposed to do is not only think, but you're supposed to obey. And when you obey, what happens? Look. What happens when you obey? Peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. God is near. The Lord uh, will be with you. When you obey, you have peace. So what what I'm explaining is is that so many people say things like, "Uh, I don't have the peace to go forward. I don't have the peace to, to do what I need to do. What God is teaching us both here and here is that first comes obedience and then comes peace. Okay, Peace is a result of obedience. It's not the prerequisite for obedience. So, because there are a lot of things that you need to do in your life you don't feel peaceful about. Can you give me an example of something you might have to do? God tells you to do you don't feel peaceful about. <laughs> taxes right now. Yeah. How about like um, resolving conflicts? Yeah, you've got a conflict. We talk about conflict all semester. There's a conflict, and you've got to deal with that conflict. It's much easier for you to just run away, but God, God's word tells us to resolve it. Are you going to feel comfortable? Are you going to feel peaceful before you go into that conflict? No. <laughs> but if you do what God says, then you will feel peace from God. Um. So let's look at, uh, why do you think God is described as the God of peace? Oh, let's go back. I'm sorry. What is the relationship between how we think and what God promises to do? What is the relationship between how we think and what God promises to do? That's under interpretation. What do you think? We always think the opposite. What do you mean? We uh, always... Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, good. What is... What is what is the relationship? What should the relationship be 
between how we should think and the way God has promised to act if we think as we should. What? Was that even more confusing? <laughs> the idea is this, is that I, I was kind of just reiterating the point that peace comes from obedience and thinking right. Mm-hmm. Not the other way around. You don't experience peace and then decide to obey God. You obey God and God gives you his peace. Um, how about, uh, so that's kind of that second point. What does peace, where does peace come in this process? Does this passage have anything to say to the Christian who might say he wants to have peace about something before acting? Last one there. Why do you think God is described as the God of peace? Because he gives peace. Because he gives it, right? What's, y'all know the word for peace in, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Bible? Shalom, Shalom right? Shalom, you ever heard? That's a greeting in Hebrew. Yeah. Shalom. It's like ha. Yeah, but it means peace. <laughs> the name Solomon comes from that. Shalomon uh, means peace. So, do, uh, yeah, Jenna? I was just going to make um, an observation that I've never noticed before. What's that? Normally with worry, it's because we have, we talked about the, the root is that we don't have control and that yeah. bothers us. Yeah. And sometimes worry is even a way we think we can control because we think we can think through all the bad scenarios. Yeah, yeah. And plan. Plan for all the bad. So worry becomes our defense, you know, our our way of controlling, but it's very clear in this passage that our minds are the only thing we really can control. Mm. And that we, and there's a method to, I think sometimes I tend to think that I can't control my thoughts. Mm. And I think I've never, and maybe you're getting to this, but I've never really noticed the fact that dwell and practice both have to do with time and kind of a marinating and a repetition, like all these things that take a lot of time. Yeah. And that... Um, it's not going to happen overnight. You don't just make a one-time, okay, I'm not going to worry about it, or you don't flip a switch and say, all right, I'm going to put it out of my mind. It's something that takes work and practice and time. And I would love, if we have time before the end, to talk about, like, methods or strategies like what what you can yeah. do to dwell and to practice because that's, that's what I, I think sometimes is it obviously is a skill. So how do, how do people deal with worry? Cry. <laughs> yeah, so they cry. <laughs> so the idea is you resign, you just resign yourself to. Distract yourself. Distraction. It's a big one. Yeah, you should pray, absolutely. This happens a lot, though, distraction. This is what I saw today throughout all of winter. While everybody had their books out, but they were actually on Facebook on their phones. Uh, this idea of they are worried about their tests. They show that by studying, but then they look at their tests and they, their books, and they say, I'm never going to be ready. I'm just going to distract myself so I don't think about a problem. And they, they distract their mind, but instead of thinking about what's true, they think about other things. And that doesn't help them. Um, Procrastinate. What does that do? Right, it puts it off, but what does it actually accomplish? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It makes it worse. I don't know, you can get some serious Netflix binging. <laughs> it's true. You can accomplish a lot of Netflix. But again, that does not do anything for you. It doesn't actually solve the problem. It just delays the problem. And by delaying, it's like, it's like an infection that gets worse and worse. Manipulation. Yeah. And uh, I kind of put plan, plan or manipulate. This is the one I do, <laughs> just to be frank. I try to not manipulate, but I plan, I plan like crazy. I'll plan like in my mind. 
Okay, if burglar comes in the house, I'm grabbing that gun, going in this room, getting the kids in that room. But if he comes in down, I mean, I, I plan not just about people coming to my house, so don't worry. You can come to my house. Knock on the door, though. Ring the doorbell. Don't barge in. Well, that makes sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> but um, what am I going to say if they say this? What am I going to say if they say that? We plan. And by planning, we think we figured out what's going to happen. What happens if something else comes in? And all of a sudden, we're thrown off our game, and we freak out. Uh, where we learn need to, There's nothing wrong with planning. We need to learn to trust. Um, one more comment, and then we're going to um, go into the last couple things here. And then we'll take prayer requests and pray. And that is, there's a difference between concern, I'm just going to write up here, concern versus worry. And let me explain why. Concern is not a sin. Worry is. Concern is, there's something in the future that affects me, and I want to make sure I do it as well as I can. For example, I want to save for my retirement. I'm concerned about what happens when I am no longer able to work. I need to have some money to get me through life. So I save and I invest so that when I am too old, I'm able to live. It, um, too old to work, I'm able to live. Um, I'm still working. Yeah, or I can still work. I can, I can get a job with you, Kevin. There you go. Um, worry, though, what's the difference between concern and worry? What does worry say about that same situation? You're too busy, like, doing one of these things to actually <clears throat> trust in God and, okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Um, you're too busy doing, like, distracting yourself or crying or procrastinating. Do you have any, like, you worry something bad out? You can't. Absolutely. It actually can cause you to go get sick. Um, worry is saying, I, uh, concern says, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I should do something about it. Right? right? Worry is, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, let's just think about it. Let's... let's <laughs> Let's think about it, and, and, and let's and let's get worked up about it. Um, and this says I can't control everything, but God is definitely in control. This says nobody's in control, and anything can happen. And, and concern, there is a fine line here, but concern, I believe, is okay in the sense that you can be thinking about something in the future. You're okay doing that, but to worry about it means that you are you are saying, "Oh no, oh no, oh no! What's going to happen if this? What's going to happen if that?" Yeah, Jenna. I was going to say, could you also say the difference is? You know, it talks about, that verse talks about dwelling and practicing on lovely, good, all those yeah. thoughts. Worry is dwelling on all the wrong things, whereas concern recognizes the same things that worry might, but it, there's not a dwelling, a going over and over and over and over in the mind. It's like knowledge and yeah. do something and then it yeah. can uh, Absolutely. So we're talking about our odds here earlier about when, when you might die doing certain transportation. And you might say, I might have a very high chance of dying. If I take uh, a car super fast in a bad area of town um, and a really small road, if I go 85 and a 35, that's dangerous. Yeah. Um, that does. That's not. That is not good. Yes. I was just going to add to that worry, it, concern. See how to say this. The person. It is good to be concerned. It's not good to be worried. But I think. Sometimes we think the opposite of worry is someone who's like. That's what I'm getting like to. It's like that's what I'm getting to. Is it's that like, is that oh, you're saying? Well, I'm not worried means I don't care about life. I'll just go through life and just let it as it hits me. And that's not what I'm saying. You still need to plan. The Bible talks often about the importance of planning for the future and doing what's right and being wise. But 
It does, doesn't say you sit there and you, you worry about the future. Yeah. I know some people who didn't plan for the future. <clears throat> Over time, yeah. no nothing. So they worry. They worry so sick. A lot of them are homeless. Yeah. Or living with relatives. And that's, that's their future. Yeah. Oh no, and there's a foolishness and a wisdom there planning ahead. But to worry about it, um, uh, I mean, you, there's, uh, I, we have to move on, but there's an idea of where you get to the point where you've done so much, you've made mistakes, maybe you have made mistakes that have left you with circumstances or, or consequences, and you have to live with that, and that's okay. You have to learn to move beyond that and not just worry and, 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 uh, and rake yourself over the coals. But, okay, um, lastly, let's do application. I just want to walk through these questions real quick. Uh, almost there. Okay. Do I believe that peace will be the solution to my anxious, worried heart? If not peace, what might I be searching for? Um, question here is, are you looking for control? Um, peace isn't control. It's not the same thing. Peace is the idea of calm, even when other things are in conflict. It's the idea of, of, of seeing harmony. Um, just as something to ask yourself. What, am I, what might I be doing to cause an absence of God's peace in my life? Um, if you have an absence of God's peace and you're worried all the time, are you doing something to cause that? Are you involved in behavior that might, that might leave God's peace out of your life? What might I not be doing that is causing an absence of God's peace? Are you not spending time with God's people? Are you not spending time in God's word? Are you not praying? And I think I have... Where does my mind wander when I don't have anything to think about? <laughs> are there things on this list I can think about instead? So, are you paranoid? You ever met somebody paranoid? I have. Like paranoid, they're convinced everything everyone's out to get them. Um, everything somebody says, and they're like, "Hey, did you hear the way that so and so said that?" Defense. That was about me. Yeah. Defense. Lastly. Um, when tempted to worry, how can these memory verses help me? So the memory verses I bolded. Uh, be, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you had to memorize two verses, those are the ones I'd say memorize in this passage, and that will help you with your worry, for sure. How will they... Wow. Oh, I got you. Let's take some... Um, Let's close by taking some prayer requests and pray, unless somebody has any comments. Jenna, have you? Do yeah. Can you, can you make some practical, or maybe other people have ideas and practical suggestions of how to practice? How, how do you practice not worrying? Mm-hmm. How do you practice not worrying? I thought that was a normal thing that might come away. Well, apparently, if you pray, it's supposed to help. What does prayer do? Prayer shows that I'm not the one in charge, that I, I need God. Yeah. When you pray, you're saying, Lord, I need you. When, when you don't pray, you're saying, God, I don't really have any need for you. I feel happy when I get up out of bed. Yeah. And I have to say thank you just for being there to be on my knees. Yeah. Short, short prayers. They don't have to be hour-long prayers. You're talking... Couple minutes thanking the Lord for what He's done, asking Him to focus your mind. We're not promised to come home because we go out the door. That's right. I, I 
really think like that. I'm not paranoid about it. Yeah. But I want to know that he's in charge and I had to talk with him. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, and I think the peace of God is so key. Having a peace uh, that you can you can be confident that God has what's best in, in, in mind for you. And when bad things happen, God has a plan for that. That's not just random acts of, of dangerous, you know, random acts of bad stuff. Um, any other practical hints? Anybody have any hints or that, that from their lives that they can share? Ways to, to focus on truth? I think for me the... the biggest reality was the day that I, I just understood that, that God is in complete control and it's so overused but if you, when I get to that it's like okay I can plan and I can plan and I can plan there was probably hundreds of people planned and planned and planned financially 2008 hit finances yeah. disappeared like that Yeah. but I remember talking to a guy in Greenwood he said you know what I lost he told me how much he lost it was a pretty good sized map he said but you know what so I'm not too concerned. So God's the one who gave me that money to invest, and He's the one who multiplied my 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 wealth. He decided to take it away. I still got God, and that, that just that just stuck with me. Absolutely. That he was he was not concerned that his thousands of dollars in overnight was just gone. But it was and it was just as other times I've thought about it, I start to worry. It's, wait, 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 wait. God is completely so He's already knows what's going to happen. Uh, well, I had a free friend said, said God's going to be up all night anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, and just that, that reality of thinking, all right, God is sovereign, completely in control. He's doing this for his good purpose, after his good pleasure. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And that is the biggest thing for me. That's good. I have a similar uh, thing happened to me in my life where I had a substantial amount of money. Yeah. One minute's dead. of mine said, relax. God give it, God take it away. Yep. Still got it. Still got you That's very true. Any other comments or thoughts? It's a challenge, and but I think to me the biggest things that the things that I've had the most success thinking about worry is recognizing, as Albert said, God is in control, and also praying and submitting it to God, saying, Lord, this is yours. I'm yours. Everything I have is yours. If you want it, you're going to have it. It's, it's not really even mine. Um, and everything I have belongs to you. And at the end of the day, if I'm dirt poor, homeless, at least we have each other. You know? And um, anyway, there's uh, there people in the world who don't even know God. And uh, at least I know, at least I have my relationship with him. All right, uh, let's take some prayer requests. Pray for Amanda. She's in China right now. Uh, I got a note from her that uh, she's had a lot of frustrations with some of her technology not working. Um, I think uh, they actually do shut down your some of your technology. Like in China, if you're in China, like they monitor all your messages and things, especially if you're a foreigner. And I wouldn't be surprised if they they do, do that to hers and other people's uh, just to shut it down. Everything the internet over there is very very um, restricted. Uh, anybody else have a have a, a prayer request they want to bring up tonight? Kenzie, have a prayer request. Kenzie, yeah. Uh, uh, Kenzie um, Bennett. And a, and a relative who's sick. Thank you for reminding me of that. And I have a prayer request. My, okay. I have a friend who 
fell, she was holding her baby, who was probably, I don't know, three to six months old, and um, the baby's in the hospital for days and has major complications. Bleeding in the skull, they've had to put in a shunt, and it may end up being a permanent shunt. Other issues, eyes, she has stopped having seizures. She's a beautiful, healthy baby at one minute, and the next is they had to do brain surgery yeah. already. So it's just been really serious. Just Lori? I'm sorry? Just Lori? Lori. Her baby's name is Sherilyn. So. That's a cute name. Yes. sure oh man all right I'll pray for you guys as you finish out school be strong you can make it Zeke oh, do pray for this coming summer because I don't I've talked to my grandparents and all of my my cousins and all of that yeah I don't know if I'm going to be going, be able to go back with them this summer because of stuff that they have going on. So just please pray that I can figure out what I want to do this summer. Okay. Why don't we pray? Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this message from your word. I pray you'd help us to take it to heart and we would not worry uh, because we know that you are a loving God who's in control. I pray that your peace would come on our hearts. When it feels like we can't do anything but worry, that you would allow your heart, your peace to uh, comfort us and, and keep us and guard our hearts that feel like they're going to run us, run away from us. Um, I pray you would help also that uh, you would not allow um, us to uh, uh, let these worries... Um, distract us from doing what's right. I pray for uh, the, the difficulties that many of these students will face at the end of the semester with classes as they have a lot on their plates. Lord, you're a good God and you, and you love all, these, uh, all of us, Lord, and we pray that you would um, just show us your way, show us your, your timing, show us how much you're, you're doing for us so that we might give you the honor and the praise you deserve. I pray for uh, Kenzie. As she's in college, needs to make some college decisions, help her to do well with that. And as she has a friend or a neighbor or relative, I'm sorry, relative who's sick, pray that relative would um, get better soon. Pray for Amanda. She's in China. Give her safety while she's over there. For Jenna's friend Lori, who uh, had this horrible accident where she fell on her child while she was walking, and, and there's a lot of complications as a result. I pray for this baby that they'd be able to get the surgeries done that would help this baby's um, brain heal. This uh, these, this family that Kevin heard about in the news where the boyfriend killed uh, these uh, children, this newborn and young, young child, I pray that family would be drawn to you through this uh, um, unbelievable trial, that uh, you would show your truth to them and that they would trust you and that this would be they would have comfort during this uh, circumstance. Pray for, also for Zeke as he's got um, uh, lots of decisions and things for this coming summer. I pray you would bless him. Give us a great week, Lord. Thank you so much for tonight, and I pray you would help everybody to uh, be encouraged. And we would uh, uh, live life uh, confident that you have a way and you have a plan for us. In Jesus' name, amen.